Devotion for the Dying Mary's Call to Her Loving Children by Venerable Mother Mary Potter Continuing the Introduction Love is ever reverent. True love cannot exist without reverence. And the deeper the love, the more intense the reverence. Love is likewise bold. And the more we love God, the bolder we should become with Him, and the greater favors may we ask from Him. Speak to Almighty God earnestly, boldly telling Him that you have paid Him more than you owe Him for yourself, that there is that which is indefinitely over and above the debt you owed. Will He give it to those who are in such dreadful need? Yes, we may well speak confidently to God, since in offering the precious blood, we have more than paid the debt of our own sins. In one sense, we indeed owe God nothing. Jesus has more than paid for us. We offer Jesus in satisfaction for our sins. We offer the Eternal Father infinite satisfaction for finite sin. Then let us plead with the good God who so loves the bold prayer, who so loves the charity that prompts it. What will not charity do? What can it not do? Let us fill our hearts full of that dear, dear virtue. Do we understand what true charity is? If we were to answer truly, we should say indeed we know but little about it, or at least we should all be obliged to acknowledge that we have but little of it. How shall we know how little we have of it? Let us examine ourselves seriously. If we have charity, we shall love others as we love ourselves. That means more than we at present think. From mere natural sympathy, we often weep with those that weep. But do we rejoice with those that rejoice? If we truly loved, if we loved sincerely, we should rejoice in others' joys as if they were our own. We should delight in the honor others receive. We should be grateful to those who give honor to them, who do good to them. We should almost feel as though a personal service were done to ourselves. They who possess this charity are indeed happy. They have every joy with them, since others' joys are theirs, and even others' sorrows. Knowing as they do that they have power to alleviate the sorrows of others by the wondrous power of prayer, the joys of others are a source of joy to them. The joy of the soul that unselfishly seeks to do good to all, that knows the good it is able to do, of the soul that faith teaches to imitate God, that does so day by day, striving to live a life of love for God and man, the soul that imitates God's conduct towards others, that sees God in others, that thus possesses God within itself. Oh, that we did possess within us that God whose presence makes heaven within, nay more, around us also. Oh, that the great God of heaven, whoever reposes so peacefully, so tranquilly upon the choirs of thrones, might rest where he so loves to be, within our hearts. It is something so wonderful, this thought of God's presence within us. It is so marvelous a condescension that his glory seems to shine more. He seems to become more lovely as he hides in the fleshly tabernacles of his creatures than when we contemplate him resting on the glorious thrones in our future heavenly home. Yes, he will abide with us 
if we really will it ourselves. And if he abide with us, we may ask whatever we will, and it will be given us. We will then, O God, we desire, as thou who livest within us dost wish that we should, that our brethren may be saved. We who live in this time of mercy may hope, should hope. There should be no such thing in this world of mercy as no hope. Therefore should we plead with the God who lives with us in this world. Therefore should we ask confidently, telling him that in other parts of his universe he shows his various adorable attributes, that in this part, this world we live in, he shows his attributes of mercy, as he seems to do in no other. But therefore we will ask him to be merciful, and we will strive to imitate him as best we can. Our hearts shall be attuned to his heart, which opened on the cross and poured forth mercy for all when it poured forth his precious blood. We will let a continual merciful prayer issue from our hearts, that the all-merciful God may show mercy. Our prayers shall be ever-flowing, humble, constant, hopeful. We will strengthen ourselves to continue it. We will refresh our souls by bathing them in the precious blood. We shall not weary, for the happy consciousness will come to us as to how great a good we are doing. And from the first dawning of the peaceful thought that we are indeed helping to save souls for all eternity, will come a still stronger assurance that our own souls will indeed be saved, that forever and ever we shall possess the God who is now our all in all. Yes, the closer is the union of our soul with God, the greater will be the increase of love in our hearts for our good Creator and for all around us and the peace which His Holy Spirit will breathe into us will be the commencement on earth of that heavenly peace which those will possess who have obeyed our dear Lord's command and loved others as He loved them. Chapter 1 Arise, ye dead, and come to judgment. And the multitudes who have lived on this earth arise to appear before God, to appear before the Lamb of God in His glory the glory of that suffering human nature, now triumphant, with the rays of divinity surrounding it, flowing from that sacred body. The same glorious rays flow to the heights of heaven, the throne of the Holy of Holies. They are the same. And what are they? Rays of love? Yes. Of mercy? Yes. Of all God's attributes? Ah, yes. They are now to be shown, now to be glorified, and one more especially, one we think least of, one equally infinite with the others, His justice. Arise, ye dead, and come to judgment. O most miserable multitude now assembling, unhappy beings, of all created things most wretched, the victims of God's justice, they are now crouching, in fear and wretchedness, awaiting the proclamation of their sentence. It is but the proclamation, for they know it already. They know their eternal, unhappy doom. Yet they still dread to hear it proclaimed. But they must hear, and quake in anguish, and still confess their sentence to be just. 
They, poor beings, must glorify God. Despite themselves, they must glorify His justice, magnify His purity by showing the hatred of the all-pure God for sin. His horror and detestation of it, since it can draw down this terrible justice from the God of mercy, from the God whose mercy is above all His works. O God, we adore Thy justice, but we love Thy mercy. The ray of thy justice is grand. Thou wert not God without it. But our eyes are dazzled. We cannot look upon such glory. We turn to thy ray of mercy and longingly, lovingly, contemplate Mary, the queen of thy mercy. And we are Mary's own and love to look upon the fruit of thy mercy. Who are these happy ones? Oh, the glorious face of our mother, as hurrying toward her throne flock young and old, rich and poor, of all tribes and nations of the earth. Oh, the beautiful smile of Mary, as her own flock toward her, that she may place them at the right hand of Jesus. Oh, the loving look of Jesus to his mother and her children, as she presents them to him. Oh, the happiness of guardian angels, of glorious saints, the happiness of our own poor hearts as we claim our own, Yes, Jesus lets us say it. As our mother is queen of mercy, so her children strove to imitate her. They suffered and prayed in their degree with her to save souls. And now these for whom they suffered flock around them and cry aloud to them, You saved us. We should have been sent to that miserable crowd if you had not brought us to the precious blood, the saving blood of Jesus. Reader, every minute of your life you may save souls. And you are perhaps wasting precious time, time so precious because every moment may be used in bringing the precious blood to our own souls and the souls of others. Let us realize what we can do. Let us make acts of faith, hope, and charity. Let us visit the precious blood let us take that precious blood into our hearts. Let us allow our hearts to be as vials in which we carry the precious blood to apply to the souls of others. Think of how you can spiritually carry the precious blood to souls and thus heal their wounds. If you have love in your heart, you have Jesus. You have his life. You may be, as Mary your mother, a dispensatrix of the precious blood. What grand work, what a happy life will be yours. Holy Spirit, inspire thy children. Make us earnest, zealous. Make us live as Mary would have us. Loving souls, healing them, saving them. And for all eternity, have the happiness of claiming as our own the souls we saved by aiding Mary to bring the precious blood to them. It is from want of thought we are so callous, so cold about this grand work. There's so much to be done, so little being done in comparison to the needs. We might bring those to their duties who are neglecting them. A few words would often bring people back to the sacraments. But above all, it takes prayer, and especially prayer for that great need we have endeavored to point out in this little work.
the need dying sinners have of earnest, ardent prayer, that they may not present themselves before Jesus with their souls stained with the fearful guilt of mortal sin. This has been taken from Devotion for the Dying by Venerable Mother Mary Potter. This work is in the public domain.